1: Welcome to another edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor with Star Local Media and I am being joined by Taylor Raglan, who does sports for Plano Allen and Lake Cities, as well as Brian Murphy, sports editor for the Frisco Enterprise, Little Elm um Journal, Solana Record. And gentlemen, let's talk about District, uh, District 96A. So this is um gonna, this kind of separate from our question series, but this is going to kind of revolve around a question as we as we kind of continue to um, just find different angles to preview the upcoming school year. And um, just kind of taking a look at uh, District 96A in particular for this one. For those who don't know, that is what is going to be the Plano ISD, Allen McKinney ISD, Prosper Jesuit District. Um, the question is um, is simple. Who are the most intriguing teams in District 96A in 2018-19? Now, intrigue, you can, I mean, that can cross a bunch of different ways. You can define intrigue, whether it's, you know, you're intrigued by a team, like, you know, y'all two, for example, there's a lot of teams in this district that y'all just haven't seen yet. You know, Brian, you cover, you know, Prosper prosper. I mean, they're going to be in a brand new district. I mean, there's going to be seven teams that, seven schools that you've never covered a game of before. You know, Taylor, you've, you know, you've only been here for what, like the last half of the uh, 17, 18 school years. So Mm -hmm. things like volleyball and football are going to be completely, you know, completely brand new to you this fall. Um, It could be that. It could be, you know, a school that graduated a massive senior class. It could be a school that just had a, a a team that just had a major player transfer in. I mean, there's there's plenty of ways to define intrigue. So if we just simply step back and just take a look at all of these teams that we're going to be covering for the upcoming school year, which ones Intrigue us the most. So what um what the exercise was is we all came up with a list of two teams, two teams per person plus Kendrick Johnson. Kendrick's um out out and about doing his UFC thing out in Las Vegas this week. So he uh, he sent along his his answers for this, and we will um, surely work those in. But um all of us have come up with two teams. We'll talk about four for the first part of the podcast, four on the back end. So let's just start on um, Taylor wherever you want to begin. Who is one of your uh, one of the most intriguing teams in 96A?
2: Well, I guess if you rank my two, this would be the The more intriguing of the two. Um, Power
3: ranking ours. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah. One and two. Number one. Number one ranking uh, would be West softball. Okay, because. Um, this season, I think that there was potential there. I think they were a young team, and I don't know if they were expected to necessarily you know, uh, make any noise in the playoffs. Or I mean, if you ask them, they always think that they're capable of doing For that. Sure. But um, I think they were kind of robbed of this season a little bit uh, just by the way things happened with uh, Superstar Tatum Boyd. Uh, missed the majority of district play or missed enough of district play to where, when she returned, it was meaningless. Mm-hmm. There was really nothing... Um, that she could have done to kind of get them back in the playoffs. But I think going into next season uh, they have a huge uh, will-be juniors class, huge class of rising juniors Mm -hmm. um, that was forced to play a lot last year just by necessity of being a a young team. Um, Had a lot of starters that were sophomores, a a lot of girls that saw time that were sophomores that will hopefully for them step into um, some more important roles uh, and and have a little bit more maturity at the varsity level. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you get Boyd back, and you get Elisa Rosado back, who they will both be coming back for their fourth year of varsity softball, played all all three years so far at West. Uh, And Boyd is just kind of a... um, an all-district, all-state potentially talent on the mound. I mean, she ran out uh, against McKinney in the first game of district play last season and threw a no-hitter. And then uh, everything kind of went downhill in the next game when she broke her finger against Allen and and was essentially robbed of her junior season. So I think West softball for me is is really intriguing in that um, I think they can go from a team that missed out on the playoffs and had a very down season to a team that should be in the playoffs, I think, and, and could potentially make some noise because, as we've all seen with softball, if you have somebody in the circle as dominant as Tatum Boyd has the potential to be, um, now especially as a senior and, and having you know three full years of growth at the varsity level, maybe not full years, counting last year, but three years of maturity and being around the program and, and really stepping into a leadership role, and then you added in Rosado as uh, kind of also part of that leadership core. I think that there's a lot of potential there, and I think my definition of intrigue is just it's very unknown but it seems like they're primed um, and have the potential to, to have a pretty good pretty good special year
1: because that was such a a jarring year yeah. for them considering the way what, yeah, they, what they had accomplished the year before mm-hmm. going to the regional finals and obviously they you know they graduated with a lot of these seniors who were you know, who really uh, you know chipped in for that for that five mm-hmm. round playoff run and then um yeah I mean just to have you know you so much was placed on the shoulders from from a leadership mm-hmm. standpoint of both Boyd and Rosado and then to Lose one of those two, you know, cornerstones, and in a district like 66A, which was about as unforgiving as right, it, it was just <laughs> as over. you could find. Yeah, it was just
2: over. It was uh, you. You lose her out of the circle. You lose her out of the lineup. And when she came back, she wasn't even 100%. I mean, yeah. she was she was pitching, but she couldn't throw all of her pitches. Uh, she couldn't hit, so it yeah. wasn't even like they got you know the player back uh, for the amount of time that she was there. So it was just a kind of a lost season, really. And I think that's kind of the attitude heading into next year for West is just you know what you know we we what happened happened and it was a year it was a down year but we're going to use that to kind of move forward and and kind of write it off as an anomaly instead of you know a trending a, a trend downward they don't believe that this was the start of bad years, they believe this was a little blip on the radar of you know their typical string of, of good seasons.
1: Because even once she came back, though, you saw kind of the impact mm-hmm. that it immediately had. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking back through the schedule. And there was a, a run there where, like, they were, I mean, they were obviously playing catch up and outside the playoff picture mm-hmm. you know, from the moment she went out. But there was a second there where they were able to kind of make things yeah. interesting for a couple weeks. They beat two teams that wound up going to the playoffs. Yeah, played, tried to
2: play a little spoiler yeah, once in a while. Including yeah
1: Wiley and Allen. I mean, so you saw that potential really kind right. of start to come in to, uh, you know, come into form later in the season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, not, yeah, it's definitely a, a very solid selection as far as intrigue goes. Um, I'm kind of uh, I'm, I'm actually, one uh, for one of mine, I'm leaning softball as well, except mm-hmm. in a different, uh, same city, except the uh, the opposite end of the city. Right. I'm, uh, you know, and I will say as a disclaimer, I actually, because this wasn't my beat, I did not get to cover a single game for playing away softball this past season, but I know at least relative to expectations that we had mm-hmm. going into the year, um, what a I mean, it's just so tough to kind of think like where things kind of turn for this playing right. softball team because everything on paper lined up Perfectly for mm-hmm. them. I mean, you talk about just thinking back to, you know, what they accomplished in 2017. Cindy Mosseller's, you know, first year with the program, and they just, you know, they they almost it was almost a surprise just how like how just vastly improved they were immediately. And then they go four rounds deep. You know, they're uh, you know they're them Plano West, Plano, were jockeying back and forth mm-hmm. for the district title all year, and then you know you go four rounds deep. You take Keller, you know, fr- right. freaking Keller of all teams. And you teams, get pieces and, back. Yeah, the eventual state champion to three games. Um, you look, I mean, just about as prominent missing a note as you mm-hmm. could have expected in that first year and then um, I mean just you know thought of heading into 2018 as one of the top programs mm-hmm. in the area and a team that you said they lost just one starter I mean it was it was right there and then just they I mean they started off all right in district and then just somewhere over the back half um things just kind of went south right. just
2: especially on the defensive injuries <laughs> hit them as well with yes. uh, Gabby Lopez uh, continued to play throughout district uh, and continue mm-hmm. to hit Uh, and could play uh, in the field a little bit and all that good stuff but could not pitch at least effectively for you know most of the back half of district which is you know a big part of what happened but I mean you still have Carson Armijo yeah so it's just one of those situations where still I mean you look at West when Boyd goes down it's like well you know where do we go we don't have someone that just fills in Mm -hmm. but with Lopez out you still have UCLA commit Carson Armijo and, and you still figured that you know, with with Lopez still being able to hit and and provide kind of some pop in the middle of the order, that they still should (laughs) have at least made the playoffs. And it, it was just... Pretty, pretty, pretty shocking.
1: Because the crux of it is, is like, just who is the uh, who is the real Plano East softball team? If mm-hmm. you look at, it, is it the team that went to the regional semifinals right. in 2017, or the team that you know was right. eliminated on the last night of the regular season from the playoffs? Mm-hmm. They didn't make the playoffs altogether in 2018 because they still, yeah, I mean, they, they graduated some players from that regional semifinals mm-hmm. team, um, you know, at least the ones that played in 17 and then were part of the team right. 18 team. But they still have you know a few left over who were part of that run mm-hmm. back in. 2017, Like you mentioned, Armijo, mm-hmm. who was, you know, the district's newcomer of the year as, are, you know, as only a freshman, but then you have players like Ronnie Ramos, Ashley right. Dart, Jordan Manwarren. I mean, there's pl- these are players here. who yeah. have, who have like, you know, extensive playoff experience. Mm-hmm. So I was, I mean, I was just very, very surprised that East yeah. incurred the uh, the year that they did. And so what kept them
3: out of the playoffs? Defense. The,
1: so tough the defense was, yeah, yeah, and the, yeah, the district was tough, but also, I mean, the defense, I was uh, crunched the, uh, you know, I went through, they they allowed only 4.2 runs the first five games of district and then seven and a half, the last nine. I mean, Plano uh, Sr. and Allen specifically just right. had
2: their way. Well, there were a lot of games, too, um, which I may talk about uh, in the varses as, as a game I covered. I think they, mm-hmm. they lost 16-12 to 12 to yeah. Plano the first time they played in district. Mm-hmm. And, and those are games where, you know, East had the offense. I mean, they were scoring yeah. upwards of seven, eight, nine, ten runs, you know, a lot. I don't have the exact stats, mm-hmm. you know, on me. But their offense was certainly not the issue. They yeah. just, night in and night out, they could not play defense, and and every time I, co- uh, I talked to uh, mosteller, that's exactly what she said mm-hmm. after after the game. She was like, you know, it, it comes down to again, we're giving away. And she has a phrase she likes to say, we're giving away 60 feet, we're giving away free bases, and every night when I would go cover them, you know, afterward that would be either my first question or her opening statement. Yeah. You know, it was another night where we gave away too many free bases, sure. we gave away too many 60 feet, and that's a tough way to to win softball games, especially in a district with. Geyer, Wiley, Plano, yeah. like 66A was just you know really top heavy.
1: So I'm just intrigued just to see where the what this team winds up being because like I said, there's still talent, there's still talent that's going to be there mm-hmm. next season. Um, but it, you know, and then you know the, the thing about East and West for that matter is that the landscape is kind of changed for the mm-hmm. softball district because you are drop
2: Geyer and Wiley, yeah,
1: two teams that made the playoffs last year. So you're going to have two brand new playoff spots that are right there for the uh, for the taking. But by that same accord, you know, you have a team like Prosper which is going to slide. Right in, and I mean, that team that's you know that won their district and is totally capable of competing amongst the uh, you know the elites in 9 6A. So it's just a uh, I mean, two very I don't know, I just can't think of the last time if I if there's ever been a time at least covering Plano ISD or Allen where. You had a team that made a substantial playoff run, brought back mm-hmm. as much experience as East did, and then just flat up missed the playoffs. Well, and their. it'll be
2: interesting, too, next year because for <laughs> as much as they brought back this year, they're losing more pieces mm-hmm. next year. They're losing Ashley uh, Jensen behind the plate, uh, which is a huge um, a huge kind of leadership role, mm-hmm. and then obviously, you know, just a big position defensively. They're losing uh, Bella Kineska from second, yep. kind of a top of the order slot. I mean, they're losing. Gabby Lopez. It, it was, I'm looking I mean, right
1: there. I mean, the lineup on the uh, the last game that they played against Plano, they graduate they're going to graduate. You know, their leadoff, you know, cleanup, and then their four. You know, their mm-hmm. four hole hitter. I mean, that's three. Of, I mean, those are three. Amy of Jensen, the, not
2: Ashley Jensen. I was thinking of Ashley Darden.
1: But those are I mean, three of the most important spots mm-hmm. in your lineup. So they are going to have. to... I mean, it's going to be a revamp lineup next year. But again, there is still you know they still do have six starters back from, mm-hmm. you know from uh, you know from late in the season plus four who were a part of that playoff right. run back in 2017 and started for that right. team. So there's I mean, you know they. I am just anxious to see what kind of bounce back they have in store because it just seems so weird to think that a team could have two completely contrasting seasons like they just did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian, what is uh, what is oh, one hey guys. Hey, what's hey, up, buddy? Uh, Brian. What's um uh, what is one of the intriguing teams on your radar for this coming well, year?
3: You know, I'm gonna go with a prosper team, mm-hmm. so I'll go with Prosper Girls Basketball. Okay. Fourteen and 0 in district play last year, top five team uh, in the entire state in five A. They have one of the best players in the country in Jordan Oliver. She yes. played with the U seventeen uh, women's basketball team <clears throat> excuse me, last year. She's ranked 98, or she has a 98 uh, ranking Uh, according to ESPN. She's a five-star recruit going to Baylor. Uh, She comes back for senior year. She was the MVP of the district last year. She loses uh, her star point guard in uh, Mackenzie Hewitt, who's going to Yale. Really smart girl. Uh, She's going to play basketball at Yale. So they lose a big player there, but they return the rest of their their roster, 14-0. They took Lone Star the distance in the playoffs last year, 46-42. Should be interesting with Plano. Allen, two teams, (laughs) two powerhouse teams in 6A, and they're in the same – freaking district and you know they're not going to be you know prosper last year with playing the carrollton schools mm-hmm. the you know the creek views the newman smiths you know the the mckinney norris the lake dallas is the teams that you know that struggled in girls basketball mm-hmm. you know they're not going to get that night in and night out in six six in nine six a sorry uh, six a last year um yeah, they're going to have much tougher competition night in and night out. They're not going to be able to take a, a game off in the middle of the week like they maybe were last year. They won't admit it, but it, it was the truth in, right. in District 14-5A. It's going to be really, really interesting to see, you know, how they fare making that leap to 6A, because right. it's it,
1: that is one of those like I wonder how many times just throughout Jordan Oliver's high mm-hmm. school career that she has shared the floor with a player who is
3: comparable to her from a skill standpoint. Now we were talking about it, you know, last week or a couple weeks ago, oh, she won't be the best player. In this district, right? Because you there. Well, I mean, she could
1: be. I mean, but there's like so the I was yeah. Because I actually have an entry that okay. I'll get to later on for uh, you know for uh, nine six girls basketball. But just as a brief aside, between when you look at some of the prospects in this district, you have Jordan Oliver, you know, and uh, you know Prosper. You have Jay Nowens at Plano West. You have Nia Green now having transferred back to Allen, and that's not even mentioning the six six A MVP last year, Tavy Diggs, <laughs> at uh, Plano East, and then you have Jordan Merritt with Plano Senior. I um let's nice. see, according to those you just mentioned that uh, a 98 overall grade for uh, you know for Jordan yeah. Oliver between Nia Green Jordan Oliver and Jay Owens all of them are ranked top 16 in the nation by ESPN for the class of 2019 and they're in the same district and you have Jordan Merritt who's number six for the class of 2020. I mean and that's just again that's
3: <laughs> in one district you're going to have that kind of star power. See, Jordan Oliver she would score you know 25 30 points yeah. and it wouldn't even it was effortless. Mm-hmm. And you know it was kind of like all oh, right, she's just bigger, faster, stronger than a lot of these girls in 5A. Yeah. Now going to 6A she's going to be able to get those easy transition buckets cuz yeah. you know it's no, no knock on her game. She has a great half court game, great mid range jumper. You know, she's a good offensive rebound, but a lot of her points came in transition. You know, steal the ball, mid court, something they're gone. Mackenzie Hewitt, great point guard, find her in transition. You know, in the half court, what have you, and she was getting easy buckets left and right, easy layups. I don't think it's going to be that easy forward this time around. Mm-hmm. You know, for her senior season. That'll be uh, yeah. No, I mean, nine six A girls basketball in
1: general is going to be. Uh, there might not be as uh, pound for pound, a sport might not have as much star power in that district
3: as nine six A girls right. basketball. In- Prosper, they played Allen, they played McKinney, and they played Guyer last year. They beat Guyer <laughs> by 25. I'm not mm-hmm. sure how good Guyer girls basketball was last year, uh, but they beat McKinney uh, by 7, and they lost to Allen in November. Mm-hmm. So, really early in the season, maybe not look too much yeah. into those games, uh, but, you know, Allen beat them by, you know, 16 uh, on November 17th. So, they had played, and they beat Saxey the next day. You know, a team that also made it to the state tournament mm-hmm. in yeah. basketball. Yeah. They beat them by double digits. So, Prosper can, can I think they can hang, mm-hmm. you know, with the with the big dogs in 6A,
2: I think that's a trend. Probably just you could have picked any Prosper, any True. Prosper team yeah. moving over, and that's intriguing because mm-hmm. they've just been so dominant at the 5A level, and they're so clearly ready mm-hmm. to to move up and to compete at 6A. I think you could have chosen any Prosper team moving into 6 a will be intriguing to see where they slide in because they've just been. So good.
1: Let's um let's pull an entry from uh, from Kendrick's uh, selections for what uh some something at McKinney ways as far as what is kind of piquing his interest for the coming year. One of Kendrick's selections was I'm going to shift gears to the football field. Mm-hmm. McKinney High. Um, you know, obviously McKinney High was one of the uh, one of the better stories last year, just in DFW football in general. You know, a program that's you know, fallen on some tough times in recent years and was able to uh you know ride the uh you know the momentum of a of a real tightly knit senior class and they um they wound up you know going. Seven and four last season. They made the playoffs for the first time since 2009. Um, that was their first seven-win season in uh, the best I can tell you. There is a long time, um, but now um, you know a lot's changed since then. Um, new head coach. You know their old head coach Jeff Smith is now the assistant AD over at Prosper. Um, they've since brought in uh, Lubbock Estacados Marcus Shavers, and um, he's got a, a fairly brand new team to work with. And I mean, at least on one side of the ball, completely brand new. As in, like McKinney doesn't have a Single returning starter back on offense, so that alone right there is going to spell intrigue, just as far as how you uh, you know, just build off of just what the because uh, this was I mean this offense was one of the top pound for pound rushing offenses in the uh, in the state for that matter. When you have you know the uh, you know a bell Cow who ends up rushing for uh, you know, setting a state record you know, like uh, like Matt Gaddick was able to do with 599 yards. I mean McKinney's run game was I mean that thing got like you know statewide national exposure because of what he was able to do. Um, obviously he's graduated, they've lost, obviously, every other player within that offense, Um, but but they do, um, you know. They will look to, uh, you know, try to regroup under the uh, under the wing of Cordrick Dunn, who's projected to be the, uh, you know, the the new feature back. He, um, you know, he's sp- he he got some time last year as a, uh, I believe he's, I can't remember if he's going to be a junior or a senior this coming season, but he nevertheless got a, uh, you know, got some reps last year. He actually did start a game during non district um, against Middle and actually showed really well. He ran for 340 yards, so uh, he's shown at least, you know, in the, you know, in the time that he was given that when, you know, pressed with a, uh, a much higher, uh, you know, much higher uh, workload that he is capable of showing out. And it's middle, middle, middle is no slouch either, but um, but nevertheless, I'm um, obviously it's one thing to do it for one game. How does it look over the course right. of an entire season when you have opposing defenses? You know, when you are firmly on an opposing defense, a scouting report and whatnot. It's a you know, it's a oh, and just more world. carries too, yeah, for and,
2: sure. and the the toll it takes on your body mm-hmm. and and how you run week to week as well. I mean, it's it's one thing to have one. Stellar start And know, okay, now I can You know, sit back And and assume my My backup role again But to, you know Say I'm the guy That's going to get the ball You know, 20 times a game Every game now Yeah
1: and he will be running behind a brand new offensive line too, and that obviously that's not you know breaking any news to say that that matters a ton. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you know they're going to be breaking in brand new offensive and defensive systems. You know the defense. You know what Cordrick done is to the offense. A guy like Andrew Pitts is to the uh, to the defense. One of the top defensive backs in the area, just an absolute ball hawk at the at the cornerback spot. So um, yeah, we'll uh, you know there's plenty of reason to be intrigued by what uh, McKinney has to offer, especially after a, you know a year like they had in 2017.
3: And you'd think it'd get maybe a little easier losing Dengar and Wiley. You know, Dengar looking on the no. schedule, they beat them It did them not good. get easier <laughs> actually. <laughs> exactly. Quite that's, to the contrary. That's what yeah, I was right. alluding to. <laughs> you know, the Jesuit and yeah. Foster comes <laughs> in, you know, two teams that are predicted by many to make the playoffs yeah. in 9 6 A. So it, it gets a lot tougher actually uh, for the Lions next year. It could be,
1: uh, yeah, I mean, it, it could be a year of you know, kind of a, a transition year. So it's right. kind of what, because obviously what McKinney was able to accomplish, you know, last season wasn't something that just happened over overnight again that senior core had been together for a long time and had kind of been building up to that moment and um you know great on them that they were able to follow through and snap that uh, that playoff drought but um it just shows that it's these things take time so no. that just needs to be you know kept in perspective as uh, as well so um yeah that's uh, that's uh, i guess the first half of our uh, of a few of our most intriguing teams to watch in district 968 we got a few more for you and we will pick that up on the back end of this break after a word from the sponsor Today's student-athlete spotlight is brought to you by Bavarian Grill, authentic Bavarian food and beer garden. Listed by the Zagat Surveys, the highest-rated German restaurant in Texas for 12 years in a row. 12 years! That's three presidential terms. Uh, you can enjoy traditional and authentic spring favorites now. Everything from appetizers like slow-roasted ham hock and potato pancakes to entrees like bratwurst or breaded schnitzel. Uh, bring your whole family for lunch and dinner. They are open Tuesday through Saturday, located off Parker and Highway 75 in Plano, Bavarian Grill. And now, let's get back to the podcast. And let's pick this up with a look at a few more of uh, a few more intriguing teams in 96A. Just a few teams that, um, for however we want to define intrigue, too, just a few teams that are just on our radar for that reason for this coming school year. Um, let's uh, let's start right back in the same order that we okay. went. Taylor, what uh, what you got? How you going to round out your your list of most intriguing teams in 6 a
2: Well, like you uh, in your first round, I am going to head over to Plano East, and I'm going to uh, take Plano East football as my second uh, intriguing yes. team. Not only because I haven't covered. Uh, this district yet uh, didn't cover six six A and largely the same in nine six A, but I haven't covered a football season here yet. So just for that factor, I'm I'm intrigued to you know watch some high school football and, and see it from that side. But I think Plano East, the team that went I believe three and seven uh, last season, missed out on the playoffs. Um, by all accounts really should be in this season, I think. I mean, if you take a look at, at their their lineup, they have Brandon Mallory coming back. Um, their receiving core is, is intact, mm-hmm. um, and they have some tremendous, tremendous playmakers. You look at Jalen Anderson, uh, Josh Allison. There's a lot of guys, especially Jalen Anderson, that can go up and get it and, and are just a threat to basically... You know, anytime you get the ball within a couple yards of wherever they are in the field, they're going to come down with it. You know, 90 of the time, just because they're so athletic, especially Jalen Anderson. Um, Mallory is is a constant a quarterback. has been there a while now and, and understands the system. Um, played really well this summer in seven on seven. Mile accounts mm-hmm. calling plays, very mature. Um, same thing with the receiving core uh, and and in state. Uh, they went three and zero in pool play at seven on seven state. Uh, advanced two rounds into the state championship bracket. So uh, definitely a confidence builder. And, and that's the one thing that when you talk to any of the coaches over there, whether it's you know Brad Bailey, Joe McCullough, anybody over there, it's these kids are, are far more confident than a team that went three and seven last year. Mm. And for the seniors this season that were juniors last year, they had a lot of success as sophomores and they feel like they came into last year kind of taking things for granted and, and just expecting to kind of cruise back in the playoffs and, and they got hit in the mouth a little bit. That's how Bailey described it to me. They were like, I think this I think this senior class really got punched in the mouth and, and got knocked down and, and was surprised by the result but Basically, it's not going to happen again. They're they're confident. They are you know feeling good about where they're at. Their offense should be. I think they led six six a in passing wouldn't last year yeah, just because of the yeah. injuries they had at running back and and the game plan they kind of had to go into. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised to see them do the same this year just with the weapons they have. Um, and then they they kind of renewed a commitment to defense this spring because I mean their defense was. Was poor last season, to say the least. So they they really kind of buckled down, and, and Coach McCullough talked to me a lot about how that was kind of their focus. They you know they know the offense is going to be there at this point. They have guys that are pretty proven yeah. on the offensive side of the ball, but they need guys like Tyler Owens on defense and and Zach Wachuku uh, and some other guys that are they're going to be those defensive leaders to uh, to make that defensive unit kind of match the offense. Yeah. And I think that uh, as far as intriguing teams and teams that are capable of bouncing back. They're are a big one for me. I see them um, being on the bubble of the playoffs and and probably getting in if everything kind of comes together the way they feel like it will. Because that was a
1: team like as we've I mean I think I've mentioned we've referenced last year's Plano East team quite a bit on this podcast, but it was a team that really was like you know I remember just week two being out there at a you know shooting photos from the sidelines right. down at the uh, down at the Cotton Bowl and just watching them just run a rough shot over a Jesuit, a really good right. Jesuit mm-hmm. team, and just thinking like that was the uh, man if this is the template for Plano East this year. Then they right. should be. They should be in really good shape. And then just the, I mean, yeah, just the bad luck that they had with injuries mm-hmm. and how they were never able to fully recapture that form. And, right. um, yeah. I mean, it's it, just, just tough in hindsight. But yeah, I mean, they'll get a chance now to. I mean, the identity won't so much as be the running game as it will the passing right. game because yep. of how much they have back and they have. Yep. You, you know, for folks who were in College Station over the weekend, you got to see some glimpses of what Plano East had uh, working mm. there with seven on seven and just uh, how dynamic that passing offense can be. So yeah, no, I, I'm in concert
3: with you there. I you know, I'm anxious to see out Plano East mm-hmm. Fairs this coming season. Now if they're gonna make the playoffs, you know, they they have to beat beat out two of the new teams, right. the newcomers yeah. uh-huh. and mm-hmm. arrival just from down the street in Plano. Right. So I mean can they they tough. be tough who yeah. they're gonna be. Well out? that's
2: what I think I, I when I go through nine six eight in my head, I kind of have them in the four or five right in kind of a bubble with yeah. you know, how does Jesuit do moving over? It's a good football program, but how do they adapt? How does Prosper come up and adapt? It's kind of that group of like really fluid. Who knows where they're gonna, you know, shake out and finish up completely? It could be Prosper and Jesuit that, you know, come over and they're fine and they're good programs and let's just make playoffs. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Or it could be, you know, maybe Prosper is the team that gets hit in the mouth just a little bit, just kind of moving up and and dealing with six A talent. I mean, who knows? But I definitely have them kind of in that fluid that fluid group. That also I think includes Plano. I mean, I don't yeah. think I don't think Plano. I think the only sure thing is is Allen. Yeah, and and yeah, beyond good. that, well, I mean, it could really said. it could yeah. be
3: anybody. I wouldn't be surprised if. Prosper kind of gets shocked a little bit, you know, like you said, knocked in the mouth, you mm-hmm. know, by some teams, you know, like a McKinney Boyd or Plano East or Plano get a reality check, you know, next thing you know they're kind of slipped to the, mm-hmm. the sixth pot, sixth mm-hmm. seed in nine six A. They're like, Whoa, this is somewhere we haven't been before. Right. But they're coming off a season, you know, where the Eagles went three rounds deep in the playoffs mm-hmm. for the first time since twenty twelve. They beat the Brakes out of Wakeland, you know. Right. And then they beat Mesquite Petit, you know, a team that has, has had success in football mm-hmm. over the last few years, and they beat them pretty Pretty handily as well. Ran into a Lakeridge team who's also now in six A. Mm-hmm. So you know it's like you know you know really tough mm-hmm. uh, draw there in the third round. I think so, there's a big group in yeah, nine, so, six A. So there's just, you know they they have confidence to build off of something. You know they re- they returned their quarterback in Keegan Shoemaker who struggled at the beginning of the year last year. He actually lost his starting job. Midway point of the season Regained it back And and played really well Really lights out Was the quarterback In those playoff games So I I don't know I I wouldn't be surprised If Prosper finishes As low as sixth Mm -hmm. But I won't be surprised If they finish Maybe as high as Two or three in In this district this is a good segue because I believe Prosper was your yeah, other yeah, the, oh, By the way, that's my, my <laughs> other intriguing uh, team. I, mean, I, I decided to stick with the Prosper team. Yeah. It's the only team I've extensively covered mm-hmm. uh, in this district. In all of 6A, really, this, this will be my first time covering uh, 6A on the reg, so it mm-hmm. should be fun. <laughs> One thing with um, – yes, I mean, yeah, we can stick with Prosper. Mm-hmm. and um,
1: like I Just trying to kind of gauge how Prosper will translate to 6A, I've always kind of used McKinney and Wiley as kind of a template because those two programs – Just a couple years ago, they were the ones making the jump to, you know, back to you know to to 6A and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I think that Prosper is at least from a uh, results standpoint, at least in a much better spot than either of those programs were. And you know, I think that Wiley and McKinney both showed that they, you know, that they could hold their own. That they weren't so overwhelmed by that uh, by making that transition. Uh, Wiley made the playoffs, you know, their first year in the district, and then McKinney, you know, made the playoffs last season. So there is at least some sort of a recent track record to suggest that Prosper should be. All right. Um, I think as I've already alluded to um, way back when, at some point, I believe they lost a lot of kids, though. From uh, at least like I think like fourteen or fifteen kids that made the all district list out of 14 5 A. Mm-hmm. So they do graduate a. Uh, uh, they did graduate a pretty talented senior class. So that'll be worth noting too. They only
3: have three returners, starting uh, players on defense yeah. coming back. So. Right. You know, that that'll be tough when you're you're going against powerhouse offenses in, in elite district. I wonder how their district schedule shakes out as I try to like what order they see these teams in.
1: Right.
2: Um, I just think nine six eight in general is going to be an interesting interesting district below Allen because even I mean you talk mm-hmm. to the head coaches in nine six eight, it's okay. Well, Allen mm-hmm. is is going to win <laughs> going to win the district and then we're all kind of vying mm-hmm. for two, three, four to get in mm-hmm. the playoffs. And I think. You can make an argument that the group of teams that could find itself in that two three four range is as big as any district, you know, around I mean any district in the state. Like there's no clear cut. Pecking order. Okay, we'll pencil in, you know, Allen, Plano, Plano, like there's no there's no easy way of doing that. So I think it's a good environment for teams, you know, or a team like Prosper making a yeah. jump when there's less certainty, and you could easily, like you said, end up as as high as two or three if things kind of break the
3: right way. You know what that first district game, September 21st at home against McKinney, it'll kind of be like you know a filling out game. You know, to see. Fellow mm-hmm. they really test, age. Yeah. yeah. You know, if they struggle in that game and they lose to McKinney, this might be a long. Right. Long fall and winner for for the Eagles on the gridiron, but you know they if they win that game, then they have Plano East and Jesuit. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know two teams that are could be should be in the should be in the for sure. Nick, so and, you know if they if they're on a two game win streak, you know two and zero in the district going into that game against Jesuit, mm-hmm. that that could be a game for second place right there in nine six A. So those first three games will tell. Actually, the first game in alone will tell a lot for the. the
1: season? Just for like momentum's sake, because that's where I mean the season will. I mean, granted they are playing a six A. I mean they are playing a six A. non district schedule, mm-hmm. but I do think that that um, you know the difficulty is really going to ratchet up that game against Plano. So I do think you need they'll, they'll need to go into that game with as much confidence and momentum mm-hmm. as possible because it isn't just East Jesuit, but you also get you know they're going to be at McKinney Boyd or right. McKinney ISD Stadium, I should say, yeah. against Boyd, another team that should be you know you know dramatically improved from uh, from
3: last season. So yeah, I think that uh, that first game I think will be very telling for uh, for Prosper. And they play at second to last game of the season you know I don't know if they'll be phased at all by the stadium but their two playoff wins came at Allen Stadium last year I mean granted they weren't playing against Allen but it's probably good the stadium probably didn't have 18,000
1: people in that yeah
3: right yeah I mean, that's
2: probably ideal for, for when you have to go play Allen, though at least you've already gone through the majority of your schedule and kind of have mm-hmm. acclimated to 6A at least. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think there's any acclimating to the environment that yeah. is walking into to Eagle Stadium when you're playing Allen, but at least it's not, all right, welcome to 9-6A, your first game is at <laughs> yeah, Allen. Yeah, <that's>, like, <laughs> that
3: would be brutal. <laughs> that would be awful.
1: You know, <laughs> you just get thrown right into the fire. Uh, let's see, then let me uh, shift gears to, uh, to my other selection. Um, I rolled with Allen Girls Basketball. Speaking of Allen, um, Allen girls basketball is, um, at least in my humble opinion, a pretty, uh, a very compelling team next season. I mean, last year um, with this Allen team, in a week's span, they basically had their best playoff run ever. They matched their, uh, I mean, they got to the third round, the regional quarterfinals for the first time since 1995. That is also the last time in which they won a playoff game. So, hmm. I mean, in a, I mean, last year was a just a sounds like Allen well, <laughs> just a, a great year on all fronts for uh, for Allen girls basketball um, relative to their, uh, you know, to their history. And now um, you look at what's happened since then, and, um, you know, word came down, um, reported over the, um, I believe, I forget, what month, a couple months ago, but that, uh, that Naya Green, who was, um you know, began her high school career at Allen, transferred to Bishop Lynch, and played, uh, you know, two years there with the Lady Friars, she is transferring back to Allen, reportedly, for, um, for her senior season, and that is, um, that's a potential game changer in the district, because, you know, we just, earlier on, we were talking about just the, you know, the ridiculous star power that this district has, and all the talent, and, um, you know. Nia Green has a uh, has a chance to be right there among the uh, you know the absolute best in the district as far as you know potential district MVP candidates go. Um, you know I got the I got to by by virtue of covering Prestonwood Christian. You know I got to see a couple of her her games at Bishop Lynch, um, just to see how her game has kind of evolved. And I mean the uh, the big thing that sticks out about Nia Green and how she can impact things is she's um she's six foot one and she's a uh, a terrific you know, floor general. She's a, she's a really smooth passer. And you know, for folks who covered, you know, or at least watched the, uh, you know, the uh, 66A uh, girls basketball district last year, you saw a team like Plano Senior, and how much of an advantage it can be mm-hmm. when your taller, you know, your taller players are also really good passers, mm-hmm. and just the uh, the, uh, you know, the uh, the extra, you know, the just the different kinds of passing angles that it creates being a you know a taller player. What's her primary position? She's a she's a guard, but she says that she's six one, so at the high school level, you can use her just about anywhere. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Which I mean, you get a lot of line of flexibility with her as well because not only can she pass the ball really well, she's got really solid handles, she's got a steady mid-range game. Even against, one of the games against Prestonwood that I saw last year, she had, I want to say it was like five threes in the first half. Which is obviously an anomaly for any high school player, but still showing that you know she has at least developed enough comfort in her three point shot where she's not afraid to let it rip. Um, she's just just a high IQ player in general, and the kind of uh, you know player that could really help kind of maybe take that Allen team to that you know that next level this coming year. I mean they've got some solid players beyond just uh, you know just Nia Green. You know Zoe McCrary is one of the uh, one of the top emerging posts in the uh, in the area. Plus they got players that saw significant rotation minutes like Tyler Jackson, Asia Robertson, Amy Taylor gave them some solid minutes off the bench mm-hmm. um, it's a team that could definitely make some noise especially when you look at um you know a team like Plano which graduated so many seniors from last season it's only expected that they'll take at least a little bit of a step back um, plus as we mentioned I mean there's going to be uh, a lot of a lot of star power in this district so uh, certainly be the, comp- the uh, competitive juices are going to be flowing and um, yeah I mean I expect this this Allen team to have a uh, to just to keep the keep the thing rolling under Teresa Durham and just submit a, another another solid season so you're saying state championship pretty much yeah <laughs> that's yeah that seems like a fair expectation you don't so. even have to win the district as <laughs> an Allen
2: basketball team to go on and win hey, state. Exactly, So there you go.
1: So, but uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, if you can't tell between the th- between at least you and me, Brian, I mean, the girls basketball in 96A ought to be. Uh, it's going to be fun. That yeah, ought to be a fun one. So let's see. And let's round this out with a look at uh, Kendricks' other submission. He rolled with McKinney Boyd volleyball. Um, Boyd volleyball, you know, is one of the uh, one of the more storied programs in McKinney ISD athletics, from a sheer consistency standpoint. Um, last season, though, the uh, just the depth of district got the better of the Lady Broncos. They missed the playoffs for the first time in nine seasons. Um, and it was in the first year under uh, under new head coach J.J. Castillo. Um, you know, the... Uh, it, volleyball in 6 a and 6A volleyball last year was uh, was just you could t- kind of tell early on it was going to be brutal you're gonna have some playoff caliber teams that um, that got left out it was a district that had you know six seven teams that were all capable mm-hmm. of you know potentially winning a uh, you know a playoff series or a playoff match I should say but obviously you can only submit four you know Boyd Plano East, you know a couple of the notable ones that wound up on the outside looking in um, Boyd does though have, they do have um you know eight seniors coming back um, you know all which played you know significant minutes in the road last year, but it's not a team that has a ton of, uh, they, actually I don't believe any of them have playoff experience for that matter and it's a team that, you know, just be kind of interesting to see kind of how, they, uh, how they've how they learned from kind of where the season went south last year because they did start off really well. They began district, you know, 6-2 and two, and they, I mean, along the way they beat, you know, several teams that wound up going on to the playoffs. They swept Denton Geyer. I mean, they, uh, you know, throughout the year they took wins off Allen and Plano Sr., uh, but they only finished the year, uh, you know, 2-4. and four including a four-game losing streak. So, uh, you know, a tough year for a team that might have been a little, you know, low on big-time, you know, varsity experience, that, you know, that can be expected, you know, Maybe. if you know I mean, that's kind of one of the telltale signs is, especially in a competitive district, is being able to maintain quality play throughout the entirety of the district schedule and not just for a couple of weeks here and there. Right. Um, so, yeah, it'll just be interesting to see how Boyd Volleyball bounces back just given the, uh, you know, the the benchmarks and just the tradition that were established under Kelly R. Bobby and just how they, uh, how they fare in Coach Castillo's uh, second year. Um, let's see um, That's uh, that's about it guys That's that's a look at uh, Eight teams that are uh, I guess fit Whatever uh, f- Just are intriguing to us You know teams that are uh, You know some of the More intriguing teams On the radar for District Nine Six Eight right. Next
2: season so, I think more intriguing Is the right word Because there were Probably at least oh, yeah, three, you can, oh, yeah. three or four more It's a district full Of intrigue For sure For sure
1: yeah For the sake of this exercise We had to each limit it To two apiece I could have picked eight
3: <laughs> <laughs> Easily Right
1: So yeah uh, that's, uh, That is it for this edition Of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast We'll be back on Thursday with another another questions-based edition of the podcast as we continue to pull entries from our summer questions series. Uh, Taylor, Brian, appreciate you all for tagging along. Folks, enjoy the uh, the rest of your week. Enjoy the holiday. Enjoy your 4th of July, and um, hey, we will talk to you all later.
0: Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area.